Welcome to the Gerald Brooks Leadership Podcast, a deep dive into biblical leadership with pastor and author, Dr. Gerald Brooks. Hi, this is Pastor Gerald Brooks. Thank you so much for joining me for another podcast. Uh, It just means so much to me that you would take the time to just develop your leadership and uh, maybe to dig down a little bit deeper inside yourself so that you can impact people in a uh, maybe a higher, more proficient way than you've ever done before. And so let me just begin by saying how immensely proud I am of each of you for uh, taking a leadership journey. Hey, today I want to talk to you about uh, leadership is a two-way street. Leadership is a two-way street. One of the things that happens is if you do the in-depth study of leadership, and really you begin to do the in-depth study of a leader, uh, you begin to dissect leadership, you come to a simple conclusion. Leadership has two distinct sides, yet both of them are important. They have to be acknowledged, and they have to be recognized. So when you begin to look at any leader, you begin to dissect who they are as a leader. You begin to find that there are two sides to them. The two sides are these. There is the fixed, and there is the flexible. There is the fixed, and there is the flexible. Let's start with the fixed. The Bible spends a lot of time talking about the fixed part of our life. In Jeremiah chapter 1 and verse 5, God speaks of Jeremiah and says, Before I formed you, I knew you, I ordained you to be a prophet. What was God saying? He was saying that before you ever made your entryway into this thing called planet Earth, there were some things that were already fixed. I formed you for them. I put the genetic disposition in you for them. And I knew that one day all of those fixed things would demonstrate themselves because you would be a prophet. You go over to Psalm 139 and verse 14. What do we know? That David says that I'm fearfully and I'm wonderfully made. Again, formation. God made you a very, very specific way. It's fearful and wonderful in the sense that you just look at it and you know all the possibilities, but somehow God took all the possibility and began to consolidate some very few uniquenesses that would form who you are. And then in Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 10, it says that you are the workmanship of God. You are a work of art. You're God's art piece. You're the workmanship of God created by God. Four good works. All of these are dealing with the fixed parts of your leadership journey. Things that are established, things that are fixed. Now, here's what I want you to know about the fixed part. The things that are fixed, that's who you are. The things that are fixed, that's how you are. But those fixed things, they can't necessarily be changed totally but they can be moderated and you can begin to shift and you can moderate them a little bit. Let me begin to describe. Each one of us are born with a personality. It is how we are wired. It is the basic wiring package that makes up how we are in life, our personality. So 
For some of you, you're an introvert. For some of you, you're an extrovert. For some of you, you are very loud and expressive. For some of you, you are very soft and quiet. For some of you, you react overtly to everything. For some of you, you just reflect. For some of you, you are very fast and you're out there. For some of you, you're very slow and contemplative. See, that's your personality. That's who you are. In my life, I have personality traits. Those personalities traits show up in how I do things and how I accomplish things, what I tend to be drawn to, what I tend not to be drawn to. It's my personality. Now, I can be a person who tends to be reflective and maybe on the slow side, and I can moderate that a little bit, and I can at times speed up, and I can take a few steps, but there's always this place of a natural cadence inside me. I may tend to be the louder person and maybe I'm a little bit more direct and someone else would be softer and have nuance. And maybe at times the soft person can be loud and the loud person can be soft. But there's this quality of who you are. Some of you, you are introverts and Being outside is one of the most stressful, high-working moments that you have. For some of you, you are extroverts, and, and slowing down and not engaging the crowd is a little bit difficult for you. That's your personality. So one of the fixed things is, is that God made you a certain way. He made you with a certain personality. I like to put it this way. You really haven't led long in Christian circles until someone has tried to cast your personality out of you. It's a little bit of humor there. It's not only personality, how you're wired, but there's your temperament. It's just your baseline. What is your temperament? Do you be, tend to be tightly wound or are you the person who is just totally laid back? Is your temperament the kind of thing that uh, you tend to be uh, few words and those few words are direct? Or do you tend to be the temperament that has a lot of words and those words are always being wordsmith? It's your temperament. It's not only that, but it's your intelligence, your bandwidth, your ability to learn. As I like to put it this way, uh, every computer has a bandwidth on which it operates. There's a certain amount of ability to remember to function. The thing that you have charge of is you can determine what you want that intelligence, what you want that bandwidth to be about. You can choose to, to fill it with just jokes and, and random emails that you're sending around, or it can have substance. And then there's gifts, your skill set, things that you don't have to think about. You're just naturally good at them. It's where you gravitate. People watch you and they say, man, that just looks so easy for you. See, those are all fixed. Every leader has fixed places in their life. A personality, a temperament, intelligence, and gift sets. All of those are fixed. See, I didn't call myself to be a teacher. God called me to be a teacher. I didn't call myself to be a pastor. 
God called me to be a pastor. But in the midst of all of those things, those are fixed in my life. I could try to preach, but that's not my gift. It's not my skill set. When I try to do it, I can do it for a short period of time, but it's not where I gravitate towards. I'm always going to look at a verse of scripture and I'm going to want to dive into the width of it. The interesting thing is, is that sometimes we talk a lot about leadership and we tend to talk about the fixed things and we say that every leader has to be an extrovert, that every leader has to be highly biased and reactive to circumstances, that every leader has to be high intelligence. But in your life and my life, there's just some things that are fixed. Now, we can moderate them, but they're fixed. But on the other side of leadership are the things that are flexible. They're not fixed. These are the things that you have the most opportunity that you can begin to look around in and you can begin to make some changes in. So I want to spend some time talking about the flexible. What are some of the things? Let me give you a series of them. See, your choices are flexible. God said in Deuteronomy, I've set before you life and death. I've set before you blessing and cursing. Therefore, you choose. God's given you the ability to make choices. You can choose good. You can choose bad. You can choose this. You can choose that. What I know in your leadership journey is you have choices to make. Now, I love this. In life, you don't make sacrifices. You make choices. See, what most people call a sacrifice was just someone making a choice. It's Joshua. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. It's Paul. But none of these things move me. It's Jesus. I've been sent to the other cities also. See, in all of our leadership journey, we have choices. Those choices aren't fixed. We get to make decisions. Are we going to lead based on making others better or doing what's best for us? Are we going to lead because we want to draw attention to us or do we want to draw attention to Jesus? Are we going to lead and we are going to do what helps the church or what helps us? Are we going to do what's best for others? See, we have choices. And choices always appear to be sacrifices to people who've never made a choice. But to you, you get to decide. So you form your decision-making filters. You begin to form them by making decisions and how you form them that when your back's up against the wall, are you going to do right? Or are you going to do wrong? Are you going to do what's best? Are you going to do what's worse? Are you going to help? Are you going to hurt? You make choices. That's flexible. Another thing that's flexible is your character. This is when you work on the inside. Most people have plans on how to achieve great success on the outside. But success on the outside can only be sustained in proportion to the work that you're doing on the inside. 
I love what the Apostle Paul said when he said, I'm confident in this very thing, that the work that he's begun in me. If you look at most people's prayers, they're praying about things on the outside of them. When God does his work, he does the work inside of them. And so many times we're looking for miracles, we're just looking for them in the wrong place. We're at the bus station and God's at the train station. We're on the outside and God's on the inside. And so you make choices and those choices begin to develop into character traits because they begin to be the basis with how you begin to respond during the most difficult and challenging moments. Character. You begin to work on the inside. See, that's flexible. There are people who have fixed things in them, but those fixed things don't make up for character. You've got to develop that. You've got to work on it. You've got to grow it. You've got to be as intense on developing your inside game as you do your outside game. And if the outside game becomes more important than the inside game, you will not last in leadership. Not because things weren't fixed and you weren't called to do them, and not because there weren't possibilities of you doing them. It's just simply because you didn't put the work on the inside in. There's choices. There are characters. They're flexible, but there's also commitments. These are non-negotiables. These are the things that never make it to the table. They're never going to get put on the table as to whether we're going to do it or whether we're not going to do it because you made a commitment. You committed. And the Army Rangers, they have a little statement. We go out together, we come back together, or we don't come back. See, that's commitment. We go out together, we come back together, or we don't come back. Commitment. What are you committed to? Who are you committed to? What does your commitment look like? Is it seasonal? Or is it something that that commitment's been driven deep? And it doesn't matter what time of day or year, that's who you are. See, commitments are when you've made choices that have become character. And see, choices, they're made in your head. Character's made in your heart, but commitments are made in your life. And so your choices begin to be character, and your character begins to show up as commitment. They're non-negotiables. They're the things that will never get put on the table. Well, if I had a choice to do this for money or not to do it for money, You get to have a commitment. Well, will I help here or will I help there? You get to have commitment. Will I honor my word or dishonor my word? You get to have commitment. So there's the flexible. There's the choices. There's the character. There's the commitments. And then there's the convictions. Convictions deal with being all in. Conviction is what motivates you. It's what gets you up on the bad day. If I can put it to you this way, conviction is what makes you best on bad days because you're all in. It's not whether it's a bad day, it's that you have a conviction about this. This is something that you greatly believe in. 
And so conviction being all in. If you have conviction and you have choices and character and commitment, then another thing that you begin to grow is you begin to grow consistency. And consistency is being the same today. See, one of the things that makes a leader be the person people will follow is that people know what they're getting. They know that they will be consistent. They know they show up and they show up and they are always going to be there. It's never a question. See, the hardest person to follow is the person you don't know what you're getting today. Are you getting the good them? Are you getting the bad them? Are you getting the person who's on the ball or the person who doesn't care? What are you getting today? Consistency. That's flexible. But see, when you make choices and you create character and you have commitment and you have conviction, then you become consistent. There's consistency. You learn to be the same every day. Oh, but I don't feel good today. That's all right. You're going to be the same. Oh, today these things are going on. That's all right. You're going to be the same. Oh, but I'm facing this today. That's all right. You're going to be the same. You're going to be the same whether it's good or bad, whether it's great or it's not. You are going to be the same. See, there are things that are fixed and there are things that are flexible. See, we want to assume flexible things are fixed because what that does is it takes us beyond the responsibility level of having to do those things in our life. But I get to make choices. I get to work on character. I get to have commitment. I get to have conviction and I get to be consistent. I get to be the same day after day. Someone says, well, that just sounds boring. No, it sounds godly because what does it say about him? He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's consistent. He's always the same. He's always a loving father who responds with mercy and grace, even though he will not violate justice and judgment. He's consistent. He's a great God who does good things. Oh, taste and see the Lord is good. Consistency. Choices you make, character you develop, commitments you live, conviction you feel, consistency that you show. Then there's clarity. Clarity because you never forget the target. You always remember that there are a few things you're just going to always keep your eye on. No, God hasn't asked you to do everything. He hasn't asked you to do 50 things. He's asked you to do a couple of things. And those couple of things are this. Those couple of things are you never forget. You never forget what your target is. What does God ask you to do? What has God called you to do? What is it that you are committed to do? Now, I know I'm speaking a lot in God terms, but those of you in business, you understand there's choices, character, commitment, conviction, consistency, and clarity. You, of all people, know that in your business, you've got to focus. You've got to know. See, when you go to McDonald's, no one goes to McDonald's because they're going to have a candlelight dinner. That's not where you go. McDonald's isn't trying to create an environment for candlelight dinners. They want you to have a happy meal, 
They want you to bring your kids. They're very specific about what they want. On the other hand, Ruth's Chris, Morton's, you can have a candlelight dinner there. You're not going to have that Happy Meal. You're not going to go through the drive-through with either one of those organizations because the person who's going to go there is going to want to sit down and spend some moments. In business, they of all know that you have to be clear. This is what we're doing, and this is why we're doing it, and this is how we do it. And so clarity, you never forget your target. Coaches. See, that's flexible. See, coaches are basically you calling for reinforcements. You saying that you don't know it all, can't do it all, and therefore you need help. I was reading an interesting book, and it was a a book that told the story of Michelangelo and him um, basically painting the Sistine Chapel. All of you that have ever studied anything about it, you know that the Sistine Chapel is just filled with nuances of theology about God coming down, about the whole nature of who God is and who man is. But one of the interesting things is is that when the Pope asked Michelangelo to paint the Sistine Chapel, Michelangelo went and found this monk. And this monk's specialty was theology. He knew the Bible. He knew the nuances of it. Why? Because if you're going to paint something that's going to be on a ceiling for hundreds of years, then what you want to do is you want to make sure that it's right. You can't do it over. You want to make sure it's right. So that beautiful ceiling, he had a coach. Well, if you're going to say that this is, this is what that looks like. All of us need coaches. All of us need to find people who make us better. Who makes you better? Whoever makes you better, I'm telling you, there shouldn't be any price that you would pay to be next to them. If they make you think bigger, if they make you be better, you want to go out of your way to hang around them. And then there's courage. It's flexible. When are you going to take a risk? And what are you going to take a risk on? It's courage. See, that's flexible. There's some things that are fixed, but you get to choose if you're going to stand up and if you're going to keep standing. If you're going to have the courage to do that. And then there's cooperation. And that is who's on your team. Who are the people that are on your team that you need? They're the reason that you're going to be able to win. So in leadership, there's these two sides. There's the fixed. And the fixed is fixed. But it can be moderated. On the other hand, there's the flexible. And the flexible are things that you get to choose how much of them And what of them are going to be true about your life? And what I know is that great leaders recognized the fixed in their life. And then they choose the flexible so that they can be the best person they need to be. I was reading a book and I don't know how they would come to this conclusion. But when it comes to fixed they say that's 25% of your leadership journey. When it comes to flexible, they say that's 75% of your leadership journey. There's the fixed, it's 25%. That's 
that's probably not going to change. Probably if I were making a calculation just based on me and the leaders I know, I'd say it's probably around 40%. But I don't know how this book, I don't know how they uh, began to articulate that, but I just know that they did. They said it was 25%. That being said, whatever percentage it is, there's some things that are fixed. You may need to moderate them. If you're real quiet, you may need to learn how to talk a little bit. If you're real loud, you may need to learn how to be quiet occasionally. You can moderate it, but then there's the flexible. These are the things that are within the context of your control, and you need to make sure that you're wisely approaching them. So what I know in my life is that in every stage of my life, there's the flexible. It's the places where I have to work to make sure that what God's fixed in my life becomes the very best representation of him that it can ever be in my leadership journey. I know this is a little bit of introspection here, but I just want to encourage you maybe to sit down and uh, write these thoughts out and maybe look and say choices, character, commitment, conviction, consistency, clarity, coaches, courage, cooperation. Maybe just look at those and maybe just jot down a few thoughts on where you're at right now and maybe where you need to be in a month from now and a year from now and a decade from now. Thank you so much for joining me for the podcast today. Um, there's a lot of things that will be happening right after the first of the year. I'll begin to travel again and do uh, many of the roundtables. Um, I'll be doing the roundtable here in Plano, which is by far the largest one. Then I believe I'll be in Seattle, and that is just an amazing roundtable. And if you're up that way, uh, I would encourage you to come. And 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 then we're going to be in Florida. We're going to be in the Orlando area, and we're going to be doing some great things there. And then I think we're going to be in Birmingham, and we're going to be doing some amazing things there. So those are just some of the things. I also want to remind you of my new book, um, you know, If Paul Were Your Life Coach, 10 Things Paul Would Say to You. This is written one for pastors. It's a great uh, series of messages you could teach for people who are just uh, people. It's a great Bible study for you to make. And it really does consolidate some thoughts. But you can go to my webpage and you can look at it. I also want to mention to some of you that if you haven't gone to my webpage and looked under NTLC, that's our pastor's conference, there was a lesson I did called uh, Takeaways from a Crash Site. And that was a study of 10 individuals that stepped out of ministry last year. They stepped out at the average age of 44. They were on the fast track to succeeding in ministry, uh, but they all stepped down. And this is the study, not of the crash, but of what led to them in each of these cases. I think it'd be helpful to some of you that really want to persist long-term. Thank you so much, and thank you for everything you do. Thank you for listening to the Gerald Brooks Leadership Podcast. If you'd like more information on Dr. Brooks's books, audio, or speaking engagements, please go to geraldbrooksministries.com.